The Digested Read by John Crace Anna of the Five Towns by Arnold Bennett Ah, there you are, Anna, cried Mr Henry Miners, the superintendent of the Bible class, who had been waiting for her outside the school. Tall and sturdily built, with the lenient curves of absolute maturity, Anna Tellwright stood motionless. This was one of the great, tumultuous moments of her life. She realised for the first time she was loved. How calm and stately she is, Miners thought, as she took his hand in greeting and they walked together through the forbidding street that united the five contiguous towns that marked the ancient home of the potter. I mean to call on your father to discuss business, he said. But I trust you will be in. Anna's heart shuddered with expectant perturbation. Anna sat in the bay window of the parlour, her mind drifting as pages of tedium detailed every last hapeth of her father's wealth, in case anyone failed to realise he was a tight-fisted bastard. "'Thou'rt twenty-one to dear, lass,' said Ephraim Tellwright, the only person so morally defective to talk with a Staffordshire accent. "'So thou inherits the fifty thousand pound thy late mother left thou, but thou don't thou worry about what to do with it. Thou canst leave that to me.' "'Thank you, father,' Anna replied, mindful of her duty, "'for I am too feeble.' to manage it myself. Now get that send down to Mr Price. He owes my twenty poons in rent. Oh, Miss Tellwright, sobbed old Titus Price, as his sudden Willie hid quietly in the corner. Times are very hard. We are but honest folk trying to make an honest living. I could give you ten pounds now. Will that do? How Anna longed to tell Mr. Price that he could forget about the rent. And yet she had a duty to her father, whom she knew would not relent on even a halfpenny of what he was owed. For now, she said, but mind you give me the rest soon. Such harshness grated on her soul, yet her passivity allowed her no recourse to graciousness, so she pondered these things deep within herself at the Methodist revival meeting, how she longed to find Christ, and yet somehow he did not come, despite the playing of the cornet. So, Mr. Tellwright, Miner said, as he paid him a call later that evening, will you invest in my pottery? Nay, lad. Tellwright replied, me brass is all tied oop, but my daughter will, won't thou lass? Whatever you say, father, for I am too stupid to make financial decisions for myself. That's settled then. Now give Mr. Price another morsel of fat, and then go and lean on Mr. Price for more brass. Anna was much troubled by this, but she knew her duty was to be obedient to her father, even though it was to precipitate the catastrophe that nobody would give a toss about that was to befall Mr. Price. "'How nice that you can come on holiday with us to the Isle of Man, now that you are moneyed,' cried Mrs. Sutton. "'I do also declare Mr. Miners is enamoured of you.' 
There had been a time when Anna would have dreaded such a disclosure, but now she merely smiled as if to say, Yes, I, the shy, dreary one, am beloved by the man desired of all. Few men in Bursley take conscious pride in the ancient art of the potter, steeped as it is within the weft of human life, yet Miner's works were acknowledged to be among the finest for those of modest means. Thrift is a great virtue, he said to Anna. That's why it is for Mr Price's good. You must ensure he pays you what is owed. Would you be so gracious as to take a promissory note from Mr Sutton as our pledge? Titus asked. I'll tack it, Tellwright answered. The separation from the tight paternal fiscal grip lightened Anna's mood on holiday, and she nearly ventured to initiate a conversation before thinking better of it. Fortunately, Mrs Sutton's daughter caught influenza, and Anna was able to stay indoors and nurse her. It is far better that someone as dull as me should risk infection, she thought, than that Mrs Sutton should be put in jeopardy. The fever has passed, she said, after a lengthy nine-day vigil. Miners was deeply touched by her servitude. You clearly know your place, he said. Allow me to do the honour of becoming your husband. What strange transport. He only wants to marry that for that brass, that miserable old coo, Tellwright said. But don't let that worry you. Thou wantst get a better offer. Shocking news, cried Miners. Titus Price has hung himself. Grieved and confused, Anna fell prostrate. Like Christ, she had consorted with sinners, yet had it been her obedience to her father's will that had precipitated Mr Price's downfall. You are the meekest of angels, said Willie Price. Thy soul is pure. My father killed himself because he had forged Mr Sutton's promissory note and was to be exposed. Anna looked deep into Willie's eyes, and in that moment they somehow knew they were in love. Yet Anna did not break off her engagement to Mr Miners because she was so unbelievably dull. Instead, she gave Willie a hundred pounds and bade him leave for Australia. She never heard from him again. Neither did anyone else, for Willie threw himself down a pit shaft an anticlimactic tragedy that moved no one, save those who had wished they had done much the same themselves long ago. Mm-hmm.